I am so excited to bring the word this morning. And this morning, I really want to pitch, bring you our theme for 2024. And I just believe it is an awesome theme. But let me just pray before I get started, and then we'll just go, go right into it. Dear Lord, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for the worship. Thank you, Lord God, that I truly believe that, Lord, in our time of worship, Lord God, you were exalted, Lord God, and you are sitting on your throne, Lord God. And, and our, the posture of our hearts is completely focused, eyes on you, heads bowed, um, minds on you. We, we, you know, the Bible says to love the Lord your God of all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, Lord God. Every part of us is engaged right now, Lord. And I pray that as we you know, have that posture, Lord God, to worship our King, that you would, Lord God, um, see hearts that are open to hear your word, Lord God. And I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would have your way this morning. We truly ask for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. You know, some... Some sermons uh, are taught, and you you know you bring it as a teacher, and you bring kind of like what's the, uh, the the topic of the day or whatever. But I truly believe some sermons are meant to be caught, are caught right. This is and so what I want to bring this morning is not just another sermon, and I hope I never just bring another sermon. It's always God's word. It's holy, but I really am praying this morning that you would catch. The, the heart of this message, it is the theme for 2024. And can I just say, you know, we're talking about vision, right? Where, where are your eyes focused? If you, the Bible says without vision, the people perish. If we don't have a, a focus, what are we keeping our eyes upon? Then we can kind of get distracted. We can get, uh, you know, petty. We can start to wonder about a little bit bored. But when you've got vision, right? It keeps you focused. You know, who's ever done a big run before and, and focused on the race? Anybody, any hands? I'm waiting for it. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. We got Or any kind of event that you kind of plan ahead, there's your vision. You've got focus. And this morning, I hope that our theme for 2024 will be able to bring that focus to every single person in this church to get our eyes on the outcome of what the Father says is the outcome, as His church, as His bride. What's our mission? And that's what we want to talk about this morning. So the title of our theme for this year is similar to a lot of what we've been talking about. And if you've been in this church, you will know that we constantly speak about God's kingdom. And so the theme is called Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come, our worship and our witness. Kingdom come, our worship, and our witness. And what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to give us a little bit of context of what is this, your kingdom come, your will be done. What does, what is, what does this actually mean? And so stay with me as I kind of share these beautiful scriptures that help us understand what it means for His kingdom to come. Matthew 6.10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm not going to try and pronounce this Greek word of the word come, your kingdom come. But what it does mean, I was practicing it before the service, but I've completely forgotten it. And I know that I'll get it wrong. <laughs> so just allow me to give you the translation of that, your kingdom come. It means, right, to come or go. It means to appear. Appear. 
It means to bring, bring or be brought. Okay, It means to grow, kingdom come. This is what the original word actually means, kingdom come. What did Jesus say the kingdom of heaven was like? What did he actually say it was like? Matthew 13, 33 says this, The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread, right? Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. And every chef and every baker in the house said, Amen, because I have no clue of the ingredients that they were talking about. But the point is, Jesus illustrates this little, little tiny bit of ingredients, and yet it permeates the whole, whole dough, every part of it. Kingdom come, growth. Yeast is small and unassuming, and yet when put in flour and given time, it will change everything, every part of it. Matthew 13, 31 says this, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, tiny little mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree. Little, then becomes a tree. So that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. A powerful picture, kingdom come. We're discovering what does Jesus mean by kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus shows us that the least of all the seeds becomes the greatest of all the seeds. But you know what? He's actually not talking about seeds. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He's actually using you know, and I love Jesus in that. He's able to, you know, help us get to our level and teach us using illustrations to be able to open up our minds and understand what he means by the kingdom come. He's talking about the kingdom of God. Isaiah 9:7 says this. Powerful, powerful. Of the increase prophesying of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Amen? Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time. It's important to take notice from that time. We're going to talk about that time in a moment. Forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We know, we've been preaching this, that Jesus Christ builds His church. He will perform this, the increase. Jesus taught us to pray. And we've shared this many times. Your kingdom come. That word come. To bring, be brought, to grow. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom increase. Can anybody say amen to that? Your kingdom increase, not decrease. Not, not oh, it's, it's no longer, it, it, you know, we're, we're getting it out of society. Christian. No, no, no. Let's base our belief and faith on Scripture. Increase. Your kingdom increase. 
Isaiah said, to order his kingdom and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Now, Mark 1.15, let's talk about the time we're talking about. Jesus said this, the time, the time is fulfilled. There's a prophecy. Jesus comes. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. From that time forward, from that time, repent and believe in the gospel. Powerful. We're talking about what is this you know, kingdom come all about? What is, what's the outcome in mind of our Father in heaven? What is he growth, increase from that time forward? That little mustard seed becoming the greatest. The dough being completely taken over by the yeast. For three years, Jesus preached the kingdom. It is here. It is near, close at hand. This is what our Saviour Jesus, when He came on earth, this is what He proclaimed. On the cross, Jesus brought forth a new creation and established His kingdom on earth. He said, it is finished. The beautiful words of Jesus. It is finished. Teleo is the Greek word for that, finished. Teleo. And other translations say, this is, this is this word that we're talking about. It is finished. It is completed. It is completed. It is accomplished. How about that? It's accomplished. It is all done. It is consummated. It is ended. That's the words of our Saviour. The earth, it shook. The sun went black. The veil in the temple tore into. The most amazing event ever happening in history. And the Roman soldier said, this is the Son of God. This is the Son of God. It was evident. There was no denying this is the Son of God. A few days later, Jesus explained, he explained to his disciples what just happened. As you could imagine, their world was upside down. Jesus comes and he brings an explanation. He says in Matthew 28, 18, this is what has just happened. It is finished. It is completed. It is accomplished. I have done it. And this is what's happened. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That's what has just happened. All authority. What happened in the garden, the garden of Eden, right at the very, very beginning, had just been reversed. The, the Scripture, and for those who aren't familiar with it, let me remind you, it says, you will strike at His heel, at His heel, but He, but He will crush your head. This is the moment it is finished. It is accomplished. It is completed. Beautiful beautiful moment in history. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, 
there's a new sheriff in town. Make no mistake about that. There is a new king on the throne. Jesus sits on the throne on the right-hand side of the Father. Hallelujah. The former king has been dethroned, defeated and destroyed. Make no mistake about that. 1 John 3.8 For the purpose, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might what? Let me hear our church say it. He might what? He might destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 2.14 That through death He might destroy Him. He might destroy Him who had the power of death that is in, that is the devil. He may destroy 1 Colossians 2.7, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known it. And why not? Because at the cross... And this is important because I'm talking about kingdom come and I'm about to bring in our contribution to what kingdom come is all about. Because at the cross, the keys, the keys of the kingdom were now placed in the hands of the Christ. The keys were now handed to Christ. And those keys are now placed in the hands of his church. I'll never forget, you know, when Joe and I came to Canberra and it was a, you know, after the whole kind of coming to and fro from Sydney to Canberra, Sid and Sue, Pastor Sid and Sue, they gave us a key to Canberra. There's significance about a key, isn't there? The key that opens up locked doors. You know, um, it's also a real inconvenience, and Sonny will say amen to this, when we have lost the keys and we cannot get into our home. And we can't call him at all kinds of the day or night, and hey, we can't get into our house. Keys are important. The keys that were placed in Christ's hands are now in the hands of his church, given to us. Matthew 6.19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Keys from Christ to His church. We have the keys for His kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Just like C.S. Lewis taught us in the Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan was sheared and shamed and slain. But his death was the defeat of the wicked witch of perpetual winter. And what a beautiful picture that, that shows of our king coming to earth and defeating. It is finished the work is completed. The work is accomplished. I have taken what was completely ruined by man from the very beginning and I have, I have completed it. I've done the work. Hallelujah.
Colossians 2.14, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away. And I praise God for that every day by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He disarmed them. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Wow. The Amplified Version says it this way. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. Finished. That sounds like a completed work. Amen. The principalities and powers are brought down by our Saviour Jesus. What He did was powerful. Three years before the cross, Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms of the world. Do you remember that? Luke 4, 6. Imagine the three years, by the way, for all the highs and lows, knowing what He was destined to have to do in obedience to the Father, Satan, three years earlier, offers him a way out. Three years, talk about vision. Talk about focus. Talk about not putting your blinkers on. Our Savior for three years. But let's talk about that. The Satan comes. The devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me. This is before the work was completed. This is before it was finished. This was before it was accomplished. And I give it to whomever I wish. The New Living Translation says, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them. I'll give it to you. The devil said, because they are mine <laughs> to give to anyone I please. He's saying this to Jesus. Another translation says, I will give you all this power. And all this wealth, the devil told him, it has all been handed over to me and I can give it to anyone I choose. The message, and I want us to understand because when you hear it again and again, you begin to realize, wow, this was what was the case before what then happened on the cross. What Jesus did, accomplished Focused three years, knowing what the devil had offered him and stood strong on his course. The message, then the devil said, they are yours in all their splendor to serve your pleasure. I'm in charge of them all and can turn them over to whomever I wish. <laughs> there was only a 36-month option on that offer. 36 months, Jesus in the desert, being tested, being tempted. 36 months, because at the cross, church, hear this. At the cross, they were no longer His to give, but now they were His to take. They were no longer the enemies. They were His to take. N.T. Wright calls that day the day the revolution began. 
if there was ever a day in history where we can talk about a revolution, it was that day, the day the revolution began. He also calls it the day God became king, crowned, sitting on the right side of the Father, still sitting today. How does this kingdom come and how does this will be done? 2 Corinthians 2.14 Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, And through us, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Through who? Through us. How? How does this kingdom come? And how does this will, his will be done? Through us. God uses us. God reaches out through us. God is good through us. Your good works. Let all men see your good works, that they may glorify your Father in heaven. Through who? Through us. For we are laborers together with God, the scripture says. We are laborers together with God. Much of the church today, and I'm sure you would agree with me from what we see and hear, is focused on in us, in us, and to us, and with us. And my least favorite one at times, for us, for me. Where's the best church for me? But it's what God does through us. It's what God does through us that changes the world. Through us. It's what God does through us that causes His kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth. Amen? So hopefully the first bit of the message, and I I don't want to go for too much longer. I want us to catch this. Not just hear this, catch it. Allow the words of Jesus, His intention, what He had in mind to, to, to be planted within your heart. It's like the mustard seed. That's the intention of the gospel. Becoming the greatest tree. The yeast permeating all through that dough. Taking over everything. That's what our Savior has in mind. And the beauty of this kingdom come, His will be done. The beauty of it all is you and I get to be a part of it. He works through us. Turn to somebody next to you. Make sure they're awake and say, He works through us. (laughs) I saw that, Sid. (laughs) He works through us. Now the next two words in this year's theme... Describe how his kingdom comes through us. The next two words, how does this occur? And I truly believe, and I want to show you this through Scripture, through our worship, through our worship, and through our witness. Our worship and our witness. It's almost like, One cannot exist without the other. Have you ever met somebody who is all about the witness but has forgotten the worship? 
Sometimes it comes across like a clanging instrument, as the Bible says, without love. Worship. Through our worship and through our witness. Hebrews 13, listen to this. This is a powerful scripture, 13, 15. By him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Worship. 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 But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Witness. Worship and witness. Thank you, Siri. She's saying amen. Hallelujah. If AI was hearing it, you also be saying amen, or she'd be saying amen, whoever AI is. Worship and witness. But do not forget to do good and to share for this, the sacrifices. God is well pleased. This is, he's pleased with this. Now, there are three elements of our worship, and I'm going to wrap this up quickly because we've got a whole year to talk about our worship and our witness. Kingdom come, our worship and our witness. We've got a year to talk about that and see what, where God leads us to. And hopefully last year, when we talked about the king and a cause, hopefully you were able to be blessed, built up, edified, and you know, taught God's word in, in a real authentic and hopefully life-changing way. And this year, we get to do that with our worship and our witness. Understand what that looks like a little bit more. But for, for the purpose of today, I want to run through it quickly. Three elements of our worship. Supplication, celebration, and adoration. Supplication is the intimacy of my heart in prayer and intercession. The beautiful place where no matter what is going on, I can sit quietly and I can breathe His presence in. And I know in that moment, the intimacy that I'm sharing with Him cannot compare to anything. It's a closeness, an intimacy. Even groanings which cannot be uttered but deeply felt. We've all been there. In supplication, we pour out our tears on his feet and lay our heads on his breast. We come as we are. We don't try and put a mask on or some kind of a facade because he already sees who you are. He sees who I am. We come as we are. Supplication, intimacy. The next one is celebration. Celebration is the dance and the joyful shout and the halal. Halal, to shine. It means to shine. It means to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate. <laughs> We've gone from supplication to celebration in worship. That's what we do on Sundays, don't we? We celebrate our King. We also come into that intimacy with Him. Psalm 149, 1-4 says, Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. And his praise in the assembly of saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. 
Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp for the Lord takes pleasure. Listen, as I said before, as I started this service, you can't help. But when you're worshipping God, it is a whole body, mind, soul, spirit, every part of us experience. And thank God we have instruments to be able to do our best to worship our King. Supplication, celebration, and the last one, adoration. Adoration. Adoration is where we bow down and we kneel before our Maker. It's, it's a place of reverence. It's a place where we realize that He is God and I am not. And that posture of bowing, kneeling down at the King's feet and saying, God, I'm here at your feet. Like Psalms 16, I believe, at the end of it, talks about their pleasures forevermore. It's the place of, I adore you, King. I adore you, Father in heaven. I adore you, Savior. I adore you, I adore you Holy Spirit, friend like no other, comforter, counselor, leading me on the path of everlasting. Adoration is deep contemplation that causes us to prostrate ourselves before His majesty and grandeur and break breathtaking splendor. Can anybody say amen? King of kings, Lord of lords, we worship you this morning. This is our vocation in the new creation. When He set the record straight, when He came and He said it's finished, it's completed, it is accomplished. This is our vocation in the new creation, our worship and our Witness. Witness has three elements. Quickly go through them. Declaration, transformation, and demonstration. Our declaration is the gospel message, the word of God. Nothing more, nothing less. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Declaration, Romans 10.8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Declaring him, declaring him witness, our vocation, worship and witness. Transformation comes as part of the witness. Transformation is the new creation that you have become in Christ. We are new creations because of what He did on the cross. When you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that He is Lord, your journey of becoming a new creation begins. You come and the old you has gone and passed. The new you has come. Hallelujah. Romans 1.16. Oh, I've read that one. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And I thank God for that. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Transformation. Transformation is the noticeable, undeniable new you. <laughs> it is undeniable. Totally different from the old you. This is your testimony. This is you speaking about Jesus that nobody can argue with because it's you living close to the King and sharing the transformation 
He has done in you. Look what God has done in my life. Ephesians 2.1 Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But God, but God, glory to God, sending his son Jesus. But God, once I was lost, now I am found. Once I was blind, but now I see. Thank you, Jesus. Our witness, now invite the worship team to join me if that's okay. Our witness is our declaration, our transformation. And lastly, our witness is our demonstration. It's our demonstration. Talk, as they say, is cheap. It's the demonstration of a life lived close to Jesus, the Holy Spirit living in me and through me, the demonstration of what he has done is a witness to others. There are good works that we were created for. There are good works that you were created for. The hungry, the thirsty, the sick. And this is what we preach about at Missions Conference. This is what we talk about with the Kosoro Project. This is what we talk about with a school in Ethiopia. This is right here. The demonstration side of our witness. We're not just going to talk about it and read Scripture and go, oh, well, that's really convicting and that's about it. No, no, no. We're going to say, Lord, we want in. We want in. Whatever that looks like for each individual is different. But Lord, as far as I'm concerned, as, far, as long as it's my assignment, as long as I'm here breathing and living, I'm in. I'm in. We demonstrate God's love and kindness and mercy and grace. We serve. We give. We pray. We help. We bless. We care. Kingdom come. Worship and witness. Church, can we say amen to that? Why don't we stand to our feet?